This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. And we're back with Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm Cody, and with me are Kyle and Ken. Hello again. Good afternoon. Early podcast on a Wednesday. Early podcast. We are got a couple school PIR days off, so we're taking the kids and heading out of town. Always fun. Yes. So, early podcast before, you know, we get any bad news that comes out at the end of the week. We just got last week's bad news <laughs> to deal with. So, by the time you listen to this, we don't know if uh, if anything, any more, I don't know. Bad news yeah, has happened. Has dropped. We just don't know. I'm afraid of what's about to come, but I don't know what else could possibly happen next so let's just say that nothing bad will happen no it's gonna be a good week blind and naive let's do it that way yeah okay well kyle lasted a movie and a half last time so i'm gonna play the straight man this week i'm gonna stay or you're gonna play the straight man cody i'm gonna stay upbeat and positive okay i'm gonna just beat this drum and see how long i can last before i completely crumple as a human being but we're here for the theaters all the updated information on silver screen insider um minute for minute with the other sites that you can't guarantee all of their information comes directly from the film studios. Right. So at this point in the week on a Wednesday, we um, only have a few really schedule changes, which are workable. Like I feel like this is really workable. Doable. So yeah, the first one is everybody's talking about Jamie moved from January of 2021 to uh, February, which it, after we watch the trailer makes a lot more sense for Valentine's. Yeah. Around the Valentine's Day. Yeah. I yeah. guess it's at the end of the month on February, but I think it fits better. It's the season. I yeah. feel good when yeah. Disney moves back these Fox titles because they got to do it. They just do it every time. <laughs> they can't announce a release date without changing it. So that's nope. par for the course. I'm feeling par pretty good the about the schedule change so far. All right. All right. Um, and then the Informer movie uh, moved from July of 2020. It was taken off the release schedule. And then it's been placed back on in November 6, 2020 under a new... Is it a new distribution company? I believe so. It used to be under uh, Averon, Averon, uh-huh. um, and now it's under Vertical Entertainment by the looks of things. Uh, the trailer, you can see it up at SSI now, but it's the same trailer that when Averon re- tried to release in the first place. So right. nothing no- too new. Nothing's changed there other than it just landed at a new studio and has now got a new release date. Yeah. Excellent release date. We need something for that weekend. Yeah, and the, vertical is super easy to work with. Super easy, been really wonderful on terms. It great studio to work with right now. So yeah, that'll be good. Um, and then Bleecker Street announced Wild Mountain Time releasing December eleventh, twenty twenty. So mm-hmm. that was not on anybody's radar to begin with. So that looks interesting. Yeah, no, it's a and a more ad, adult film um, mm-hmm. on the weekend that Free Guy comes out. So we right. need that counter programming. We gotta have something, um, right? Uh, PG thirteen or R with more serious. It's got more matter. It's got to do with Irish farmers and a lo- unrequited love. And I was gonna say it's a romance movie, right? Yeah. Drama romance. All yeah, right. it's got um, Jamie Dornan from Fifty Shades of Grey. That's all I'll ever know him from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you and everyone else. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> and um, does have Emily Blunt in there too? Yeah, which I thought was surprising. So Emily Blunt and, G- and Blunt. 
<laughs> I forgot I the L. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's playing baseball now. Yeah. <laughs> it's she, in the name. She bunted on this project, that's for sure. Paycheck. <laughs> well, that's so. great. That's another good holiday movie. Yeah. Good timing. I I can't be more excited to see movies right. on the schedule. Ble- and Bleaker just did, had Save Yourselves, and um, that didn't do too bad. So I'll be interested to see if they do something with a short window, because on Save Yourselves, they did have like a six-day theatrical window before it went PVOD, and I would imagine this probably it will follow something similar, but we'll see. And good. Easy to work with. Yeah. Quick response time. Not a lot of drama there, which, nope. is, which is great right now. As long as you don't have a VPF, you're fine. <laughs> um, and then the last one, which was sad news. Not surprising, just unfortunate. Paramount sold Coming to America 2 to Amazon. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I lasted three movies. This is gonna... Horse Pucky. <laughs> Horse okay. Pucky, yeah. my new favorite. I was going to say, three for, or if it's going to be four for four, that ain't bad, but three Are for four is still good. Are you kidding me with this? I know. Well, it's, uh... it's, people, it's really not surprising because Paramount didn't put any materials out. There was no trailer. There was no publicity still. There wasn't even a teaser one sheet. Ugh. There's just nothing on this movie, and we were getting close. I mean, it was starting to time was ticking. We we're six, what, less than sixty days out? Yeah, about about that, about that forty-five maybe. Yeah, and nothing. So you knew that. I think it when push came to shove, Paramount was like, mm, "Do we spend marketing dollars or do we just let it go?" And I think they just let it go. Damn you, Jeff Bezos! Yeah, <laughs> is God, there, with is all there... the money. I, I when I thought you couldn't stoop any lower. <laughs> it, but yeah, it, it's not too surprising. Paramount just has been doing this all year. and They have. The, the only film that they haven't done it with was now Top Gun. And, right. And, uh, Quiet, and Place Quiet Place 2. Too. Yeah, they moved Starring those. Emily Bunt. Yeah. <laughs> As some may know her. That's a blunt. That was a, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good movie, so she gets the L. Right. <laughs> For lots of money. <laughs> Did you actually take a bunt, accidentally take a bunt to the face before we did this podcast? <laughs> Might have. Shake it up. Whew. Ooh, it's a Wednesday. This is really throwing me off. I was not super prepared We're for this. We're having a time. We are. Eddie Murphy. This is becoming a theme with our podcast. Eddie Murphy makes theater better. movies. It needs to be seen with an audience. Yeah. This is. Is this his first movie in a while, too? He did Dolomite last year that we had on Netflix. Yeah. Right. And that was more of like an Oscar trying to be serious, yeah. biographic movie. But before that, what was the last? No, it's been it's been a it's while. It's been a while. Yeah. I mean, he's I'm starting ready. his comeback tour. I don't know if he's running out of the hundreds of millions of dollars he's made. If this he is the reason why, be. or he's just getting bored and um, now is in. the time. Now's the time. Well, you know, he had a big thing about recreating his his stand up comedy career resurrecting it but now there's no comedy clubs open so i don't think that's working and then his move went his movie went to streaming so he can't catch a break yeah eddie murphy can't catch a break i, I feel <laughs> so Poor bad guy. for eddie murphy he's got in like his, he's got his, like 10 kids to feed so yeah, he a, does have a look in a gold-plated yeah. mansion in bel-air i think he's okay <laughs> probably. i think he's gotten all the breaks he you needs to get at this point he probably could sacrifice a house or two he needed to i'm i'm sure he's just fine but this <laughs> is one of those things this is sitting on christmas day yeah which is an 
we've been waiting for this movie. It's an epic movie for the holidays, mm-hmm. for diverse audiences. Yeah. It was going to hit on the on the coast. You know, it was going to be a huge movie in where it should be. Right. And it was going to bring back some of that nostalgia from the 80s. I have no positivity left after hearing this. I mean, those things will still happen, just not in a theater, sadly. Well, just going to be on someone's couch. So much more pressure put on Warners to keep Wonder Woman on that day. Yeah. I, so much more pressure. And we they don't need the pressure. None of these film no. companies can handle it. We Mm-mm. figured out at this point that if it comes down to one or two people making a decision to save the film industry, they are voting no. They're going to streaming. Yep. Direct to consumer. Get used to that term. That's the future of our industry. Yay. <laughs> no, yeah. not yay. Not yet. Um, so that's all we have for upcoming release changes. Now there may be more news coming in the next couple of days. We won't know until we get here next week. We won't know <laughs> so on sorry, the podcast, everyone. <laughs> but yeah. you can get the new news where? At silverscreeninsider.com. <laughs> yep. You can check our social media pages. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Instagram. Yep. We always make announcements there. If you can't catch the site directly and log in, but it'll be in our newsletters too as well. It will. We yeah, Kyle, weekly we got newsletter. We got to talk about you posting all those thirsty shirtless photos of yourself on the Instagram. <laughs> we got to do something. <laughs> I'm giving the people what they want. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> Well, I guess if it works, it works. Let's yeah. keep the train. Whatever gets us clicks. That's <laughs> right. We've That's got, all that We've got two now. very dedicated followers. <laughs> uh, so what else do we have on this early okay. episode? Um, so wait, there's some just changes in the news. AMC is now announcing that they're going to run out of money at the end of the year. Operation Capital, I should say. Um, by the end of the year, maybe early part of next year, depending, I think that has depending upon a lot of how a couple of these films do, which isn't good news. Um, but not unexpected. I mean, there's just been no product and theaters are very expensive to run. And if you don't, aren't getting a certain amount of people through there, you're not covering your costs. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens with given their deal with universal and and the two universal titles coming up um i'm not saying that that'll save them or anything but it definitely isn't going to help the windowing situation because now amc needs that profit share it sounds like yeah we projected this to happen after they announced Mm -hmm. after the first of the year that they were in trouble we projected this to happen you know, 12 to 18 months out. Usually that's the case once they announce this, then there becomes some sort of buyer or negotiation mm-hmm. or some sort of situation well, that happens. You know, we at the beginning of all of this, there was talks that AMC was going to go bankrupt and then they didn't and they, you know, have kind of renegotiated some things and got it to work through and I think just maybe prolong the inevitable. So now we're looking at a possible bankruptcy again, pr- probably not until next year. But that doesn't bode very well if to get studio movies for the other theaters if your number one theater chain is looking at the brink of bankruptcy and number two has closed down all of their theaters in the anticipation of product to come out. I mean, I feel so bad for Cinemark. They're just sitting there going like, it's all on us, guys. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. <laughs> Cinemark, the crown jewel of theatrical exhibition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll so. take you. 
Stay, hang in there, Cinemark. Yeah, don't shut down because it, any more we lose any more of the major chains. And trust me, there's no love lost there. I don't think that chains are out to help our industry at all. But without them, it gives no incentive for the studios to put anything out. They just the studios have written off the twenty percent of independent theaters out there in favor of the the big three chains. And if those go away, I don't know. It's like they assume the whole theatrical exhibition goes away. And like there's still 20% of theater goers out there. And you don't think all of that, you know, foot traffic isn't going to move into these other theaters. It's just, Mm. I can't imagine just writing off 20% of a whole business. Mm -hmm. Just too much. I uh, accidentally got on one of these Cinemark email chains a while ago. So I sent an email to everybody on there. On their chain with the meme with the cat hanging onto the branch. <laughs> Hang in there, baby. Hang in there, Keep this train going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what the theme of this part of the year is. Hang in there. That's yeah. what we've been doing since March. We need to keep doing what we're doing and promoting these small films and independent films and a rising tide raises all ships yes if if a theater does well it's because the industry is doing better and we just Mm -hmm. need to keep we're all on the same team at this point i just wish nationally we could have a narrative that the independents are open the small town the small business owner the independent guy they're open right now and you know the in the news it's all regal shut down uh, and then people assume all theaters have shut down and it's like no regal was not all theaters there are lots of viable flourishing theaters out there right now that just need that little boost and they're just being ignored by consumers who think that everybody's closed because one of the big threes closed well that goes into my theory of why i think not many people are returning to theaters because they're only thing of like the gross big chain experiences yeah. that they're used to. So that plus on top of, you know, a virus and a pandemic going on is making people not want to go to theaters when really there are smaller theaters that you can find probably nearby you where you can get a much better experience and still be safe. And mm-hmm. when you hear that AMC is shutting down, like it just makes, you know, that little like good information about theaters just right. going away more and more. Yeah. No, no it, it's just changing the perception and perception's reality. Yeah. And unfortunately, the perception from consumers is is that theaters are still closed around the country. And that perception is fueling the reality that theaters are going to be closed because no one's going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the same narrative that we benefited from when a major blockbuster title came out. Yeah. Like, this is going to be out. And then people would force themselves to go to the movies that opening weekend to see it. And now yep. they're seeing Regal's closed. Well, that means theaters are closed. And it's, you know, these hot button taglines on articles that said, theaters closing across the nation. You mean mm-hmm. Regal? You mean one chain, a big chain, but one chain is closing? Right. <laughs> one chain of a couple hundred locations is closing. There's still, what, 5,000 theaters in the U.S.? No. It'd so be the like, three or 400 Regals isn't all theaters right now. Yeah, it'd be like saying Hardy's Carl's Jr. is closing. Yeah. <laughs> and then everybody assumed all the fast food places are closed. Yeah, that's like what it is. Yeah. Or... 
maybe something bigger like McDonald's. McDonald's is closing. Oh no, fast food in general. All the burger joints yeah. are gone. All the burger places are gone. How are we going to get burgers? Wait, yeah. yeah. What are we going to? No, is this real? Did this just come in on the news? <laughs> no, no. This is this is an example. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> and then you're looking at Wendy's, being like, "Hold the line, Wendy's. Hold the line." <laughs> Burger King is going down quick. They're waking God. up in their money going, what, 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 what do we miss? Don't, yeah. don't make me go to Burger King, please. Yeah. <laughs> Are we saying Burger King is now the equivalent of Cinemark? Are we going there? No, I'm saying Burger King's the equivalent <laughs> of a Regal. Cinemark is a gold-plated palace that we should all bow to right now for right. Absolutely. making these announcements, Absolutely. hanging in there. Yeah. Nope, they Keeping are. Keeping the window, not bowing to universal profit share bowing to their demands their trap it's a trap it's nope. a trap we love independence and i'm gonna put cinemark at number one a now one a just Perfect. below number one way to go guys yeah and god i hope we don't have any announcements between now and next week <laughs> oh two days is a long oh my god. time don't knock, knock on wood, wood. Knock on wood. all they, listeners knock on wood too yeah. knock on wood get a rabbit's foot something <laughs> so, so i think coinciding with this you know, studios are looking out and they're seeing, oh, we only we only know think of theaters as the top three chains, so because they're easier to deal with, and one they're one of them's going down, and the other one might be going down too. And so, I think um, studios are looking that uncertainty regarding them, and that's another reason why they're pushing product back. But they're also restructuring their companies now to be on this direct con- consumer model, and they're. In the news lately, there's been a lot of talk about Disney reshuffling its company to for the strict-to-consumer model being the central model, and what does that mean for theaters? And I'm not surprised Disney's going this route. Disney has always, always been about their direct-to-consumer market. I mean, the whole idea of home videos took off with Disney. The whole idea of this, like, vault and keeping it so that consumers only got it, you know, certain times to increase their profits the toy consumption the the theme park rides they're all about keeping consumers in their brand and their world so i out of all the companies i thought for sure disney would go to this streaming model and this con- direct to consumer model so that i'm not sure why this seems to be such big news because it's not just disney doing it universal's doing it as well and so is warner brothers they are now owned by large corporations and those large corporations are going to funnel and create efficiency and the studio isn't the company anymore the company is now you know NBC Universal and it is mm. now AT&T Warner Brothers mm. and Disney is now going to be this global you know media company on top of streaming and theme parks and all this stuff so i think that's the reality of where they were always going to go you couldn't have a, a a phone company buy a studio and not have changes on that yeah. in regards to like warners and stuff so so yeah it, they've made it very clear and very apparent even before this time when we were talking window talks last year that they're focus was always going to be direct to consumer they want to cut out the middleman so moving forward i think all theater owners just need to be very prepared that studios are not your friends right now they are not your partners they do not want to see theaters 
flourish and thrive because it's just a middleman between them and consumers. And this isn't because of the history of movies and the love of filmmaking and all that. This is because they're, um, <laughs> oh no, my phone's going off. They're, <laughs> their corporate structure and their investors are demanding this. It's people outside our, our industry are demanding this change in our industry. Yeah shareholders change profit margin change all those things that's what's hurting our industry more yeah um basically i just agree with everything you're saying like this isn't news to us at all like this is only a matter of time before we you know get these type of news stories quote unquote when if you could connect the dots yourself you could be probably be able to figure out that this was bound to happen and disney has that power now where they're becoming one of these you know massive well, massive global mm-hmm. dominant sort of companies that you're describing so what are so what does that mean for theaters moving forward well i think in general and we'll explore thoughts on this more in this podcast as time goes on and we get more information and stuff but i think kind of right now my general feeling is is that there there's always going to be product for theaters but is there going to be as much product? Is there going to be 52 weeks a year worth of product? Probably not. As they integrate more, they're going to push project uh, production to either being streaming or theatrical. And I think that or theatrical is going to get smaller and smaller as more original content streaming improves over time. So I think what we're going to see is less mo- less product available. So less movies for theaters. Of those movies, I think we're going to see smaller print counts. I think that they're really going to rein in. We're not. We're probably not going to see very many four thousand print counts anymore. We're going to probably live in the two to three thousand on a big run, or uh, maybe thirty five hundred max. And we had been seeing that with Disney, but um, they had only gone up to that really high print count, four thousand on their big big stuff like Frozen. They did not do that across the board. And so I think we're going to see more of that. I think we're going to see less films. And then I think we're going to have a huge issue with windowing. I think, you know, where we had time to negotiate down from the 90-day window to like a 60 or even 30-day, I think that's gone. I think there's no negotiating. I think we're going to be stuck hopefully with a 21-day model. I would really like to see a 30-day, but I don't think that's asking a lot in this day and age well i mean you probably don't think that it's asking a lot but right. those studios they're saying yeah. what that's ridiculous because we, we don't need you yeah anymore and i think theaters have to just understand now that that kind of unspoken rule that i will pay these terms and abide by your restrictions because you provided product and you provided marketing may not be the same relationship going forward. It may be that now the theaters have to provide the marketing. Theaters have to get people to come in and see stuff, not because a certain movie's playing, but because that's the experience. You need to come to my theater and experience whatever it is is here rather than you need to come to my theater because Avengers is playing. So there's going to be a fundamental shift with that. And I, and I think with that, you know, we'll have to really have a conversation about terms and we'll have to really look at that. Like what are we agreeing to with these studios? I mean, what, what's the value in, in these films, especially as windowing goes down and, and it's just going to be tough because I don't 
think that there's going to be enough product for a lot of these big complexes. I mean, you have above 10 screens and you're not getting a new film every single week. That That's going to be tough. And then they lower print counts. You're n- the smaller guys are never going to see films. So the small theaters that are in a much better position to handle less content, um, you know, less supply of content for their screens aren't going to have to deal with the fact that they're not going to have access to that content because there's only going to be so many prints made and the bigger chains, which need that will take all of that. So I, I think as a smaller theater owner, maybe like eight screens and less, you got to really look at, am I going to have access on the break to this stuff? Is, am I going to have that access during that viable window or am I always going to be day and date with streaming and and what does that mean what does that mean for my ticket price what does that mean for the number of people coming in and those are huge uncertain questions I'm not sure we have enough information to answer at this point but it's definitely got to be something that you're looking at you know we'll have a lot of product next year because all the this year's stuff got pushed but beyond that when when production has been you know, so funneled into this streaming, um, scenario, are we going to have enough product? And I don't, I don't know, long-term two or three years down the road, are we, what's it going to look like? It's going to be a lot tougher. Disney's breaking the golden rule of doing business. Dance with who brought you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you go to Disneyland, Disney World, Universal Studios, the main focus are the characters from the movies Mm -hmm. that played in theaters. And if Disney goes to streaming and it does well with Mulan and Soul, and then six months from now they have a flop and they realize we're missing out on theatrical money here, they try to come back. Theaters may not be there for them. Yeah, they may not be able. They may not be there because they may be dancing with somebody much prettier over at Warner Brothers. I right. really hope they're taking that into consideration. No, it doesn't no, have to it's be all short-term <laughs> profits. It doesn't no. have to be that dancing metaphor that you described. But I hope that they at least consider that possibility. I wish they would, and we like to think that the concept of movie going is so ingrained in people and there's such a need for it. But I can't imagine any industry that could survive stopping your, your habit for a year. You know, like if all of a sudden consumers don't partake in my product for a whole year, do I get them back after that? I mean, Mm -hmm. is that if I like, for an exercise metaphor, if I exercise regularly and then I just stop going to the gym for a year, am I really going back to that gym after yeah. that year's so, up? Uh, we're not saying to put more addictive substances in your concessions, but, <laughs> but you know, you do what you do. You know, you can't get that popcorn anywhere else. <laughs> so That's good. I feel horrible the next day, but I feel so good when I'm eating it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's Kyle, go back there again. Kyle would know because he doesn't eat it, but... <laughs> I'm sure they spike the candies or the soda somehow. You're going to have to. You're going to have to. They always find a way. (laughs) Sugar is not enough. Right, right. So really, everybody has been asking me, what are your thoughts? What's going to happen in the future? I really don't know. I want to be as positive as I can. I like to think that movies will always be around. Theaters will always be around. I mean, I just take a look at Broadway and live theater and... That has survived. It looks Mm -hmm. a lot different than it used to be. There's not vaudeville houses everywhere. A lot of those turned into movie theaters. Technology changed it, but there's still an appreciation and a love and an audience there for that. I mean, we have the internet and we have Kindle and we have all those things, but people still love books. I, I, 
think there's your audience, but is it going to be the same as it was? Is it going to reign supreme like it did? Probably not anymore. And how do we, how do we brace ourselves for that change? Yeah. So on the positive note, I think we'll always be there. I think the studios will have product for the, for theatrical. I think they need it. I think studios really need theatrical to legitimize their movies. I think you can only have so many films that premiere on a streaming site, but they still feel third rate unless you could see it in a theater. That's why Netflix was pushing so hard to get Academy Awards and to get, you know, that recognition that I, cause they know that they need it. There's a legitimizing factor to theaters that you just can't change. How long that, that value, how long that remains valuable, I don't know. And the more and more we don't have movies in theaters, I don't know if that just, you know, destroys that, that legitimizing value of the experience, but, um, I think it'll always be there. Now, are studios going to enjoy streaming or enjoy profits from streaming? Is it going to be as, as successful if movies just don't have that anymore? Like, I can't tell you a Netflix film that I couldn't name one off the top of my head that I know about that wasn't meant to be in theaters ahead of time. Maybe Bird Box. Was that a movie? Like, there's one. It was a movie. On yeah. Netflix, yes. <laughs> yeah, one. But I could name you so many Disney and Warner stuff that was in theaters. Oh, I love Cinderella. Oh, I love, yeah. uh, you know, Moana. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I don't know anything. And I think that's an issue. And, and I don't, and I don't know how they get around that. Like I'm, did anybody watch that lady in the tramp movie that was just on Disney? Did that really get that many views? Is that part of the culture? That creepy dog talking movie? That was one of their first like original movies for that service. And yeah. I can't think of anyone that really ever mentioned to it. Dive into that movie and get yeah. that service because of it. No, no, you're not getting the service because of that. I yeah. mean, you're getting it because you're like, I want to watch all the Avengers movies. You're getting it because you, there were movies that played in theaters that you want to see again. Elsa's on Disney Plus. We have to get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The theme park that theaters built. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's built on the backs of all of these independent and then chain theaters. Right. Like all this is there because of your efforts in theatrical exhibition. Because the idea of that, people believed in that and wanted to relive that in these locations. Yep. <laughs> it's not, they're not there because they want to be there. They're there because they want to remember and see these characters again. It all feeds itself. You yep. know, you, you see the world in a movie theater, you read about it in a comic book, you live it at the theme park, and then you buy the merchandise. It, w- it was a thriving system that theaters were an integral part of. And I get studios wanting to cut out a middleman in that, but I think they also cut out some of the magic that creates the, the need to want to live in these worlds Yeah, by doing that. They're making it less fun. They are. Yeah. So we'll see how that works. Cause you know, Mulan was supposed to be in theaters and everybody knew Mulan was supposed to be in theaters. Mm-hmm. Same thing with soul. I think to mm-hmm. a certain extent, soul was supposed to be in theaters. We had locations that got, um, one sheets the day that they moved it to Disney yeah. Plus that arrived in the mail. Oh, one sheets. Yeah, it was so, and consumers know that, and so that's going to be a big change moving forward. Is 
you, they want to use theaters to legitimize their films, but they don't want to actually give theaters the product. And that's got to stop. Theaters have got to stand up for themselves and say, no, you can't market this like it was going to be in our theater. Right. You can't use us to legitimize. Just like Netflix can't use the Academy Awards to legitimize their their films. Mm-hmm. So any information on movies actually coming to theaters? Did we get to maybe see a screener of an upcoming film, Ken? Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Good news. <laughs> Shout out to Saban Films. Uh-huh. We got the screener for Fat Man. Now, if you haven't seen this trailer, pause the podcast. Immediately go to silverscreeninsider.com and find the trailer for this movie. Oh, my gosh. And bask in its glory. Yes. All right. We <laughs> talked about the trailer last week about how action-filled it was and how different it was. Mel Gibson plays Santa. A dark, gritty, more realistic version, and he just crosses paths with the wrong kid, and he puts coal in the wrong kid's, you know, present, and the kid hires a hitman, like the most legitimate hitman that's on his retainer. This kid is bad, and that synopsis mixed with, uh, like element and tones of Fargo. Yeah, like similar to that, right? Oh my gosh, it's so much like Fargo. Okay. Yes. No, it was it. It defied my expectations, and I. I had big expectations for this. Like I yeah. went in, Ken was so excited I, about this it. Was your Avengers Endgame. This yeah. was. I mean, it really was. I went in with huge expectations. And usually when um, these screeners come in, it like kind of tempers your expectations a little bit when they just hand over something. Here's like a when free someone, movie. When someone gives you a sample in a grocery store, you don't expect to have your head explode because of how great it is. But yeah. they, they hand it to me and I was like, this will be okay. And I was freaking out 15 yeah. minutes in. <laughs> he was it laughing was, so hard. <laughs> it was excellent. If there, There's always room for dark comedy, and this is the epitome of a dark comedy with action elements. Yeah, but it had... I don't usually like dark comedy because I don't, I don't like bad characters, but all the characters were good, and and it had a good ending where, you know, the, the bad guys got their just dues, and... oh. It was so it was so good, and I even enjoyed the humor. Mel Gibson was so good as the crotchety old man. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was yeah, it was very surprising. I was very excited for this film. Nice. And Ken loved it, so mm-hmm. two pl- two thumbs up for you guys. Yeah, two thumbs up. We're gonna try to book it wherever we can in November. I think it's is it November thirteenth. It's the same weekend November. as November. 13th yes. yeah same weekend as freaky with from universal yep but i want this one no it's um saban which is excellent um very i mean the most reasonable terms i want to get them as many dates as we can yeah so if this podcast encourages you to contact your film buyer or go out on your own and get a hold of and them contact them directly will ssi can always help with um with helping you get those contacts but yeah this one looks really good guys yeah it's not a uh there's there's no nudity there's the violence is pretty tame you don't see a lot of blood till the end is it pg or r ken it's it's r it's definitely r for language and stuff for some language there's a little bit of violence i mean there's there's some places where you feel like the train is going to come off the tracks yeah we were like oh no at the very end of the movie we were like no 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 there's there's comes around but it was there's a point (laughs) without spoiling the movie the point where something happens that is unforgivable yes unforgivable (laughs) unforgivable in most films luckily it would be my second new rule 
you know, where you can't kill babies in the first 20 minutes, you can't kill children. This would be my next new rule <laughs> in a movie. It's, that it's very specific to it. the genre involving Santa Claus, <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it almost crosses two lines, which, which are unforgivable in cinema for any yeah. sort of big grossing. Yeah. But it writes the ship. It makes oh, it writes it. It makes so right. Good. It, I want a sequel. That's how well it righted the and ship. And they set it That's up for awesome. a sequel, which they is did. crazy in an independent movie, which they never I do. Yeah. They just they always cut it off and you don't get a real ending. This gave you an ending and then teased more. It was like, awesome. Like awesome. There's going to be a fat man too. Oh, the Reckoning. I hope so. <laughs> Not to but, give any spoilers away, but I want a fat man too. No, it was, it was awesome. Incredibly well cast for being an independent movie. Mm-hmm. incredibly well written the cinematography was great i mean there was these movies always have slow points they always have writing that sticks out or looks odd yeah. they have things that aren't explained everything is in there they use the mythology the story of santa claus and they don't explain anything that doesn't need explained right and it's so subtle too like their references if and stuff there out, is an element of magic but it's very it's so grounded in reality that you're like Oh, yeah. If, if you took out the element of Santa Claus, the movie by itself would be fine. Yeah. Like yeah. you have this idea of a person who has a factory in Alaska and gets hired by the U.S. government and a hitman's after him. It's not that far-fetched, but putting Santa Claus in makes it a really special film. Oh, my gosh. It makes it. It's an original idea, and it makes it so much funnier when you see like kind of normal things. You think Mel Gibson, you're like, that's Santa. Yeah, you think Mel Gibson is <laughs> Santa Claus. You kind of assume it's going to be like a... Uh, bad santa billy bob thornton kind of thing yeah. and it's nothing like that no i mean not i like close. to say it's like fargo meets bad santa in just the essence that it's kind of gritty the tone of it but yeah. he, but mel gibson's santa is not an awful billy bob thornton santa he's he's kind of an every man's old man santa all right yes can't recommend it enough yeah, we enjoyed really enjoyed that screener. So if you got any more screeners, throw them our way. <laughs> Give us stuff like that. That'd be great. Right. Yeah. So, Batman 2. Since we're doing this podcast so early in the week, we didn't get to our um, films. And since nobody recommended me a film, thank you, listeners. <laughs> yeah, um, no, but, yeah, by the way, did, guys, yeah. what the heck's up with that? We're punishing you by giving you the podcast early. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now hot. For, take that. For this podcast, I'm looking at everybody out there trevor nicole ruth i'm talking to you yeah we need to get on the facebook page put on a comment of a movie cody feels like she lucked out this week oh yeah she's going down okay <laughs> guys give no. her something or anyone else that stumbles onto this podcast we're, we're and talking. Has listened all kyle the didn't through. watch his movie this week okay well <laughs> to be fair to be fair, I was planning on watching this Thursday. I think Kyle our, should go down. Our schedule is Fridays for the podcast. That's always the schedule. But the one time I decide to extend watching this by a day, you just throw me, you just throw me in for a loop, and we're doing it now. So not my fault. <laughs> Kyle, you're great. Don't change. Thank you. On the no. Facebook page, we no. need a recommendation. <laughs> do it. We're talking. Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Francis Ford Coppola, no, Jimmy talking, Stewart. We're not the, talking any the of the classics They're, for some. Cody, it's under other. They're dead to me. It needs to be brutal this week, guys. Why? She no. thinks she got away with it. She thinks she got away with it. Well, everybody's not, busy. Nobody's, nobody's putting horrible movies up there. Everybody's recommending movies that have been nominated for Oscars. <laughs> Cody. <laughs> 
pretty pretty sure that Harvey movie won something. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was a uh, best supporting be- actor from the Bunny <laughs> from the Invisible <laughs> Rabbit. Oh my gosh. But yes, please uh, not only recommend our podcast, but also comment below. Give us your thoughts as well as, uh, you know, all those recommendations. And we're just about ready to show off the new upgraded Silver Screen Insider. That's coming up soon. It's coming up. It'll be happening. I'm really hoping. I think that um, starting the new year 2021 will be started off with the new website. So And hopefully a fresh start for theaters. Fresh start for theaters. More more in-depth box office an- analysis on the website, more comp films, just more information. I'm really excited about the way this is going to look. Yeah, and if you're a vendor, there's a better outreach and advertising. Yes. So you can reach out to theater owners and operators specifically. Right. This isn't uh, an IMDb page or some random mailing that you're going to get. This is targeting the people who are inside the theaters. Right, they are that all are gonna theater use your owners products, and managers. That want your seats. That want your projection equipment, mm-hmm. that want your new popcorn machine. Right. And we'll actually have spaces now for those advertising and partnerships where you can um, give us press releases and write-ups on your products and we can feature them for our users. So this will be really good. I'm really excited about the direction this is going. I just hope theaters are going to be around for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we will. We'll make it yeah. through, guys. And spots are already filling up for the beginning of 2021 with the mm-hmm. launch. So if you have a product you're willing want to get out there, let us know right away. Contact the website. Yep. And we can get you scheduled. Get you scheduled for our big launch. Oh, yeah. And as always, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Uh, you can check out many other episodes of Off the Break Podcast on all podcast platforms and at silverscreeninsider.com. And again, just you know, get, keep giving us recommendations for whenever we post the episodes <laughs> on Facebook and Instagram. And um, just please, uh, if you're needing to look for upcoming titles to play, we got you covered. We have a whole database full of different movies for you to play. We do. Watch that Fat Man trailer. Fat Man, do it. It sounds amazing. (laughs) I know it's not for a couple weeks, but I'm really excited. You got to promote it, though. Got to let the people know now. Yeah. (laughs) Got to get that trailer up on screen. (laughs) So good. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.